Welcome back to Real Talk with Rajan with Nothing's Off Limits. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with me, and I appreciate that. I am your host, Rajan Lewis. Now, here on Real Talk with Rajan, everything's debatable, so on any given week, we can be discussing anything from sports to music to politics. You name it, we'll discuss it. Now, for those who are new to the show, one of the goals of Real Talk with Rajan is to shine a light on the great things that are happening right here in the Low Country. I know we talk about all the great things that are going on everywhere else in the world. We overlook the people right in our own backyard, but I'm here to tell you that today, we have some amazing people who are doing amazing things and making strides that is changing the world. And I have to tell you today, I got to stop my music. Today is a very, very special, 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 special day because I have the multimedia conglomerate, Miss Kenya Dunn. Thank you so much for joining me down. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here, Rajon. I always call you my brother. Like when I got the opportunity, I was like, oh yeah, count me in. Absolutely. Praise God, man. God God does all things well. But for, for the, the 10 people in the world who don't know who you are, please introduce yourself to the audience. Well, my name is Kenya Dunn. Hello out there, the world of Real Talk with Rajon. I'm Kenya Dunn. I am a 20-year corporate America, now veteran, I guess. Um, 20 years goes by fast, but I am also a career coach. Uh, I am a woman of God and just excited about all the things that God has put me on this earth to do. So if you ever interact with me, just know that I'm in passing still trying to live my greatness. Amen. Amen. So let's talk about your journey. So are you originally from the low country? I am not originally from the low country. Uh, I am originally born in Florida, raised in Georgia. Uh, but bred and fed in the Low Country. Mm. I have been in the Low Country for the past nearly twelve years. So wow. I call it home. Okay, and so so give us give us the route from Florida to Georgia. So you born where? Yeah, so so Florida is. I don't even remember. It was I was really small. I think okay. we left Florida before three, four years old. Uh, but I grew up in Georgia. I stayed in Georgia all the way through high school, Augusta, Georgia. Okay. Um, I graduated from Glen Hills High School in Augusta, Georgia, went off to college near Atlanta, West Georgia College. And then I moved to Atlanta and spent 11 years or so in Atlanta, made my way back to Augusta, um, children, husband, I got married, and then I had a career opportunity. I started working for T-Mobile mm-hmm. in Augusta, and I had a career opportunity to relocate to Charleston, South Carolina, and I so that's actually how I got here was through my career. Wow, wow. So you came here, you started working for T-Mobile. Um, I know we can't talk a whole lot about that, but you made it to a pretty high level in T-Mobile. Can you, can you just touch on that? Because I want people to understand the greatness we got in the room right now. Yeah, yeah, and I, I can talk about my own journey, right? Okay, um, yes. So I was with T-Mobile for 12 years. I, I left less than a year ago. Um, but I started out at T-Mobile as a, as a frontline manager. So I was the manager of learning and development for the call center in Augusta, Georgia. And within a year and a half, um, T-Mobile bought Suncom Wireless, which mm-hmm. everybody in the low country remembers Suncom and yes. the Unplan, and yes. people were really excited about it. I really got a taste of just how important that plan was to people <laughs> when I moved here. Um, but then once that happened, then I got an opportunity. I got approached to relocate to Charleston um, for an associate director role of the call center that was originally located on Daniel Island. Mm-hmm. And so I took that opportunity, 
my husband and I you know, loaded up the truck and moved to South Carolina. And I was the associate director. And so what that means is I was second in charge of the call center responsibility. So I reported into the director of the call center. And I moved here with um, a mentor and boss. So the director of the call center was a mentor of mine. And I had never done this type of work before. I was always in learning and development, uh, but never responsible for um, a whole facility. When you talk about facilities management, when you talk about people management, all the HR things, like I just had never had that experience. And so she told me, I'll, I'll teach you, you can learn it. Well, we got here within six months of being here, she got another opportunity and she left. Wow. So I actually ran the Charleston call center by myself as the associate director for nearly a year and a half. Uh, and under my leadership, uh, we went from a, being a bottom performing call center to a top performing, the top number mm -hmm. one call center. Uh, and I kind of made it difficult. They tried to bring in other directors because I hadn't been in the role long enough, uh, which I understood that I probably would have been terrified had they six months in said, you be the director. Right. But then it made it difficult for them to say, why are we looking for a director everywhere else? She's, she clearly can do the job and she has the hearts and minds in Charleston. And so mm -hmm. then I was promoted to director of the call center. And I stayed in the Charleston call center for five and a half years, nearly six years with that team, um, continuing to produce top results uh, for the organization. And then one day I got approached and uh, asked about what I wanted to do with my future because we got a new CEO at the time. And I knew that I wanted to be one day a corporate COO, chief operating officer. Mm -hmm. And so I got inducted into this program with only a very few directors in the company, myself and two others represented the customer service organization. And through that, I understood that I needed to do something different if I wanted to be the chief operating officer. I couldn't just be siloed in one part of the business. Mm -hmm. I needed to expand my skill set, grow, um, grow my experience. So I actually got a wild hair and said, I want to go to another part of the business because I also started to feel like I was kind of getting typecast. Like people mm. were like, yeah, yeah, she's successful because she's been with the same team. She has a, a process and, you know, they're just a well or machine and she does customer service. Anybody can do that. And so I was like, well, no, no, no. I earn top results because I'm just that good. Yes. So I actually raised my hand and reached out to my boss first, of course, but um, the head of the sales organization via email. She sent him an email and said, hey, my name is Kenya Dunn. I run the Charleston Call Center. I know you don't know me. We've never met, but when you get a minute, here's my cell phone. Will you call me? And much to my surprise, within 15, 20 minutes, my phone rang. I didn't even recognize the number. It was him. Wow. And uh, he was like, how can I help you? And first thing he said was, and you're done. Everybody knows you. You run one of the top call centers in the company. Everybody knows you. How can I help you? And so I told him I wanted to jump over into retail. I've never done retail a day in my life, even as a 14-year-old. I've been working since I was 14, and I started at Hardee's in the drive-thru. Okay. I've always been in the service industry. Uh, and within six to nine months, I got a phone call, and they said, Will you come over to the retail organization? Because I told him I didn't need a promotion. I'm looking for a lateral move. This mm. was about expanding my experience, mm -hmm. not about a promotion at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I got the opportunity. They say, we're going to give you the Georgia region, which was Georgia, Tennessee, um, the Panhandle, Florida, and a little bit of Alabama. Um, but oh, by the way, Georgia, 
the Atlanta area is a top 10 market, performing like a bottom 50 market. So we got a lot of work to do. Mm. Great. I'll take it. Uh, because it allowed me to also be as close as I could home without having to re- relocate my family again. So I moved to Georgia. I moved to Atlanta. Uh, my goal was to be there about two years. I said, I'll be there about two years. I'll get some experience in retail. I'll blow their minds. And then I will come back to customer service and I'll grow my I'll continue to climb the ladder from there. Mm-hmm. Well, within four months of being in Georgia, uh, we rose to the top. Actually, within the second month of me being there, we went from up into the top 10 wow. um, regions in the company. We actually finished one number one in the company in the third month. And then by the fourth month, I actually got recognition myself and my team from the company for having our best quarter ever since wow. Georgia had been a region. Um, and so... I showed them that, no, 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 I'm just good, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and in May, so five months into this new role, I got a phone call on a Saturday morning. I was sitting in my little temporary apartment waiting on my husband and the kids to get to Atlanta. And it was the head of sales on the other end. And he said, hey, there's a vice president role coming open on my team. And you're the person for the role. Wow. So I said, what? <laughs> and I still didn't fully understand and know all of the vernacular and all the jargon. And I still was figuring out some of the metrics and the performance. So I was really hesitant. And I remember telling him, I don't believe in setting myself up mm-hmm. or anyone else. So right. I'm about 33% confident of what I'm doing over here. So you should know that before you choose me. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did. And so I moved to Chicago, Illinois, and I ran the Midwest uh, which was North Central region. So it was initially 14 states in the Midwest, um, about a thousand points of distribution and nearly um, 5,000 people. Wow. So that was the last role that I was in before I left um, the company in August. Wow. Yeah. That's quite a road. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so I've known you since 2016. I did yeah. not know that story. And that's oh. that's amazing. So so let's let's sort of dive in there a little bit if that's okay without and if it I is. please let me know. Um as a black woman in those situations, um when you say you felt typecast, um mm-hmm. how did that affect you and 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 how did you react to it? I had various moments of reactions. Um and it showed up in different ways. So the first thing that would, how I was typecast or was that um, really just from a skill, I felt like my skills were being doubted, mm-hmm. right? To mm-hmm. say that I could only have the results that I was able to have because I, I had created a well or machine. And I think there's also some underlying, um, some underlying nuances that were, what were not like it's a majority African-American team. So they're mm-hmm. kind of like just looking up to me. So could you do the same thing when everybody doesn't look like you? Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like my skill set was being questioned um, and my value was not being seen. Um, and so how I responded to it was one, continue to over deliver. And that's one of the things that um, I have this personal standards of excellence. And one of, one of my personal standards of excellence is that I will always be the one who did it best. So no matter what people did before me, when I get in the game, I'm going to always be the one who did it best. And when I leave, we'll still say, you're good, but you are still not as good as Kenya. Ah, so, I love that. Yeah, that was, that was just my 
overall response is that no matter where I went, I was going to over deliver. Uh, and I was going to make sure that people, the way that the people in Charleston embraced me and uh, supported me, that I was going to create the same environment, mm -hmm. no matter what team I had. Nice. That's, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. And thank you. Thank you for saying that. Um, one more question, one more team over question. So yeah. you like in a, in a corporate, like you're the highest heights of corporate, corporate America. Um, yeah. As a black woman in that realm, what was the coolest thing that you were able to do because of your position? <laughs> so cool is relative, Rajon. Okay, yeah. Um, I will, so I'm gonna answer it from my point of view of cool. Mm -hmm. I think the coolest thing I was able to do, so I was on a team, it was myself and five, five peers, all men. Um, at one point I had a female peer, but she left the company. Um, so it was all men and we did these, um, we'll call them road shows. So what a road show is, is when the, the senior leadership team, so all the C-levels kind of travel the country and meet with people and tell them about the business. And so we had one in each of our major cities. Mine was Chicago. So what we did was we flew in all of these people. I think it was 2,500 of my team flew into Chicago. In day two of the meeting, there was a talent that needed to, um, like we, we, T-Mobile is all about, it's one of the great things about the company is all about having a fun work environment. Mm -hmm. I know people see it and think people at T-Mobile don't do anything but have fun. <laughs> it's just a part of the DNA of that of that organization, and it's what draws people to them. Mm -hmm. But um, it was a talent, so it's like we're going to do open the next day with this talent. And so I was number four. My city was number four, maybe five in the rotation. I think it was five. And I had watched all my peers and the talent that they did. And I, I told you, I always want to be the one who did it best. For, mm -hmm. for, I'm the only woman and I'm the only African-American on the team. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I got something to prove, right? And so I said, I want a cipher, right? Mm -hmm. I want to open it up with a cipher. I want a DJ. I want, like, find the people. I've got a bunch of states and a bunch of people. You're not going to tell me that I can't find four or five lyricists. Right. Know what a cipher is. I want to fly him in, let him rehearse, bring him to the stage and perform. And so we reached out and we found this dynamic, diverse group of lyricists. Mm -hmm. Well, the day before we get, well, a couple of days before, as we're getting all the meetings together, they get this wild idea. They do. And they're like, Miss Kenya, you should rap with us. Oh, I wow. Said, I said, wait a minute. I don't, like I dance. <laughs> but I don't rap. They're like, no, no, we'll help you. And when I tell you their talent, like a couple of them have albums out on SoundCloud and not, so they mm -hmm. like real deal. Mm -hmm. um, and so they did. They kind of they, they helped me write lyrics. They schooled me on you know how to rhyme and mm -hmm. all of this stuff. Like one reminds me of Twister. Mm -hmm. One raps like E40. So they have all this different style. And one mm -hmm. is like a Hispanic rapper. So they kind of schooled me on my part and I was the surprise guest. Oh, wow. Um, so I was standing in the front and then all of a sudden I jump on stage and I do my rap. <laughs> that was the coolest thing that I got. That's pretty do. cool. It was. It was That's really cool. cool. It was really cool. And I still have the video to prove it. <laughs> I love that. I love yes. that. Oh, one, you got to send me the video. That's, yeah, I that's, will. That's got to be a thing. I've <laughs> got to see this so I can share it as well. Yes. Um, but two, so so now you leave that behind. You say, okay, corporate America, I'll be back. I'm going to go do this on my own. 
So what? Yeah. So what's 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 what has Kenya done? The 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 multimedia conglomerate working on now. <laughs> well, I tell you what, my stint outside of corporate America la lasted less time than I thought it was going to. Ah, okay. Um, because where I am now is I so I did I stepped out and I wanted to really so I ran a huge part of the organization, you know, um, as a sales leader, as a retail and direct sales uh, vice president, along with my peers. What I was really doing, the work that I was doing inside of T-Mobile was really leaning into um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. A little bit because they gave me the hat, right? I was mm -hmm. one. Um, but I embraced it. And I also just started to look at the women around me. Mm. And I kept asking myself, because even when I was a director in retail, the scales were just unbalanced. Mm -hmm. like, there just wasn't enough representation for, of women. And then certainly at my level, the representation went to me. Mm. Um, and it, I wanted to change that. So I did a lot of mentoring, coaching. Um, I literally, like personally, I spent probably 60% of my calendar was dedicated to women in mm -hmm. the organization, talking to them, understanding what their career paths were, and even helping them discover the interests that they didn't know that they needed to have mm -hmm. um, and what they could do and how far they could go. Uh, because a lot of them, for the first time, they saw me and it was a possibility. They were like, huh, maybe I can do that too. You know, being in the retail sales, that's a highly, that's a high earning role mm -hmm. in the company. And so um, I wanted to extend that work. I felt like I could do and reach so many more uh, women and people of color if I were to step outside the corporate world. Mm -hmm. And so I stepped outside the corporate world to start my own company. And it is a career coaching um, firm first. So what I do and what I specialize in is helping people to understand and map out their careers, mm -hmm. really by digging deep and understanding your purpose. So mm -hmm. this isn't just about creating a personal development plan, but there's a lot of inter work that needs to be done before we can really tap into what we're truly gifted at, yes. what we're truly good at. Mm -hmm. People always ask me, what's the secret sauce? What's your formula? And the real formula is I've tapped into, I've learned to tap into a long time ago, what God gifted me with, and that's leadership. Mm -hmm. um, and that's also the ability in my leadership to discover and uncover and unleash um, greatness in other people. Because wow. I believe God sees us all. I don't Amen. do that. I just Amen. unlock. <laughs> so yeah. um, that's what my business is is really around coaching i also do some diversity equity and inclusion work um, for companies and corporations so i help you develop a growth strategy the growth strategy has a diversity equity and inclusion lens mm -hmm. but as you want to enter into new markets let's think about this from the avenue of untapped markets and representation and how diversity equity and inclusion could accelerate mm -hmm. your growth uh, because all the statistics and the business cases for diversity lets you know that companies who are really serious about diversity, equity, and inclusion, their profits far outweigh, far outperform companies who don't. So wow. that's the work that I do with corporations is really helping and challenging them to really um, consider and think through their diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts inside and outside of the organization. Okay, I love yeah. that. I love that. Yeah. Like just thinking about the the the, the idea of so many companies are talking about, okay, we care about inclusion, we care about diversity, and it really doesn't reflect in any of their actions, but they'll, they'll, put, they'll plaster it on their website, mm -hmm. uh, they'll put it on the door of their company or whatever. And, and, but to see people, you know, like you with your background, who, who are out there, you know, 
giving them th those steps, giving them those those guidelines. I think that's a really great thing to have. So thank and you for challenging them, right? And because you're right. And I always say, you know, I want to move from intent to impact. Mm -hmm. And that's and and I'm not if if I'm not the right person for the company because of where you are, I'm totally okay with that. So yeah. I'm very clear that my goal is moving from intent to impact because we can have all the best intentions, but until we start to make change and create impact, it's for not. Yes. Um, and so I think that's the other part. And it, it does mean taking a really hard look at um, your own thoughts and beliefs first, because your thoughts and beliefs drive your behavior, mm -hmm. drives the actions, um, your actions every day. So, you know, it's not always, the, it's not a rosy conversation and it is data driven. Mm -hmm. So it's not how I feel. Let's look at the data. There's, you've had business case for diversity for 10, 15 years. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to do that. Wow. Okay. All right. And I also want to talk about your big event, the yes. second, second annual uh, Power yes. Field Women's Conference. Yes. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's dig into it. What, what is it? Where did it come from? And, and where, where is it going? So where it comes from, um, in 2017, no, what's this year? 2020. So in mm -hmm. 2018, um, honestly, I was sitting in my little apartment in Chicago because I had a little 900 square foot apartment um, <laughs> overlooking the city. And uh, it was when I started to think about it and started to really ask God. And I said, okay, I've gotten to this place um, and I'm doing great. We had a lot of success even in uh, that part of the country that they had not seen, the company hadn't seen performance like that in over nearly 10 years. Mm. So it was a lot of success. And uh, I was feeling great. I love my team. I love the people that I support every day. But I, it was something nagging me about not being able to see more women move quick, more quickly. Mm. It was really the, the motivation. And so I was just having this conversation with God over a period of time. And then one day, sitting in my apartment, literally have a conference popped in my head. And I was like, no, I don't have time to have a conference. <laughs> I'm like, you know how many planes I'm on during the week? Right. Uh, like, I did not have time for a conference. Um, so I, I struggled with it. And it was around the June timeframe that it started, that, that nudging started. And I actually didn't decide to do the conference until December of wow. 2018. I said, okay. okay, fine, I'll do it. Right. So it's like that moment that, you know, um, that'll be a whole nother show about how God just kind of won't he's going to get his work done. So I got on board. And so from January of 2019, and then we kicked the first one off in May. And the whole idea for me, it, it does tie right back to even the way that I le lead or led inside of an organization, whether it's T-Mobile or the companies I worked, to, worked at before. Mm -hmm. What I'm really good at is creating an experience. Like if anybody ever came to a meeting that I had, even the 2,500 person meeting, um, or it can be a 12 person meeting, I create experiences because mm -hmm. I want it to be memorable and I want it to be a place where you belong, you see yourself, you can be your best version of yourself and you're even inspired to be the best version of yourself. Yes, I yes. want you to reach the level of discomfort, um, healthy discomfort that says, I gotta show up better than this because I'm made of more than this. Mm. And so when I thought about Powerfield, it was like, I, I am good at that. I've been doing that like my whole career. Yeah. Now it's just this one isolated event. And so um, the conference was born 
And then it was, who am I going to bring to the stage? And what I'd never wanted to do was forsake the impact, the relationships, and the recognition of the struggle of women overall, mm. right? So regardless of if you what if you're an African American woman, a white woman, or it doesn't matter. Yeah. Women, we have a journey that we truly are all on together. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to make sure that all women felt welcome at Powerfield. So I'm very intentional about curating a diverse group of women to come to the stage and not just race, but also experience and where yes. you are in life. Yes. Also age. Like I just, it's a, it runs the gamut. Um, and so that's why you see different people uh, at the conference, but it's, it's a day where we, it's two parts, right? The first part is the, I call it the speaker series. Mm-hmm. So I go out and I find these women who have amazing stories to tell that will inspire women question themselves. Am I doing my best? Mm. Am I really, truly working on the impact that is going to outlive me? Um, And so bringing those women and they tell their stories and they're all at different places. and It shows up differently. That's the other thing. I don't want the same story. I want the same message, but not the same story because Mm -hmm. our stories are different, but the work, we're all here to leave something on this earth that outlives us. Mm -hmm. Um, and it shows up in different forms. So I also want to send the message that, yeah, it isn't all, um, we're not all corporate executives, right? Right. You you might have a corporate executive. You could have someone last year. It was, you know, uh, we had Shakima Chapman, who is, you know, a a juggernaut in the real estate industry. You have, we had, um, April Williamson who started her own clothes, you know, opened her own clothing boutique. And Mm -hmm. then we had um, Dr. Delissa Brown, who, is a, um, she's an, she's a um, counselor, psychiatrist, right? Really doing a lot of research around mental health and those type of things. So she's a doctor. And then we also had Anita Zucker who, you know, through um, her own experiences, I mean, she's only, you know, billionaire in the state of South Carolina, but she owns, (laughs) she owns a a huge patent company. That's how she's living her legacy and the work that she's starting to do. So it's still legacy, but it's not the same. So everybody's story was fresh. Mm-hmm. The second part of the day is what I like to call intimate conversations with Kenya. And that's my take. I, I call it my Oprah moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where I get to pull out my green emerald couch because emerald green is my favorite color. Okay. So I bring this green emerald couch and you get to sit on the green couch. And it is just really where I get to dig a little bit deeper So you're inspired in the speaker series, but in this part, you're inspired, but you get more practical tips. You Mm. get to get some of the questions that are on your mind answered that were triggered in the first part of the day. Okay. Um, And so that was, and it really, and I'm always trying to display the power of women. Um, We are in some powerful, and powerful is about impact, influence, leadership, so we had women that were in government. We had women um, in uh, corporate America. I always pay, I always have to have somebody in corporate America because that is where my first love lies. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we have those two. And then that evening we come back where the men are absolutely welcome to an evening gala. Mm-hmm. There was nothing deep about that, Rajon. Mm-hmm. Other than I like to get dressed up. I like live music and I like to dance. So yes, I think yes. we wrap the night up like that. Yes. And I, I can already tell you, Toya 
told me she as soon as it went out, she's like, I gotta get my tickets. I'm like, all right. But yeah, she did. So she has her tickets. She, <laughs> she does. And speaking of the tickets, we know with this whole corona thing, you know, we had to reschedule it. So what's the what's the um res- rescheduled date? So the new date is October 17th. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was May 16th, but the new date is October 17th. We just went ahead and pushed it to the end of the year. Um and other other than May. October is my second favorite month. Ah. Um, and so, yeah, it is, this is my second favorite month. So all things work for the good, right? Yes. <laughs> so, yes. And yeah. that's the week after Toya's birthday. So oh, she, great. she's, she's going to be, it's her month. It's her birthday month. It's so, her month. Sorry. We'll it's, be celebrating. Yes. It's the right. entire month. So you, <laughs> you want to tell her happy birthday. We'll celebrate. take it. <laughs> but I know I'll be there for the gala part because, you know, that's what we do. And I missed yeah. last year because, and I, I got to tell you this. So, the date of last year's, my gospel group was asked to sing somewhere. So I put oh. on my suit to go to this place to sing, right? Now, I normally don't wear suits to sing. That's not like, don't dress up up. So Toya's okay. dressed nice because she's like, we go into this thing. I'm like, yeah, we're going to this thing. So we're sitting there. Literally, they called us last, last. Oh, wow. I was you like, I was so hot. <laughs> I was so hot. I was like, man, I could have went, man. I could have went to Kenya's thing. But this year, I will be there. I hope that everybody is watching goes to get their tickets. Where can they get their tickets? So the tickets are on Eventbrite, and it is Power Filled 2020. It comes right up. It's the only event named that. Um, and hope to see you guys there for certain. Awesome, awesome. And the, the name of the group, the, um, the, the, the career coaching, is that the Power Tribe? That is. It is okay. the Power Tribe. Yes. So if they want to become a part of the Power Tribe, what is the process for doing that? So what I would love for you to do is go visit us on uh, www.powertribecommunity.com. So it's not the, it's www.powertribecommunity.com. Or you can follow us on Instagram, Power Tribe Community on Instagram. But you go on there and it'll tell you all about registering, um, how, how you become a part of the Power Tribe. Okay, cool. So I got that, and I'll make sure I put all of that in the um the title section and in the okay. comment section. Um, so I could talk to you for hours. Like I really could talk to you for hours. One, you're just such a pleasant person. Um, Thank I you. I want to tell my little story real quick, my Kenya story, if that's okay. Please so do. let's go. So 2016, 2016. Um, I I run into Ricardo and uh, Ricardo Perry, founder of a uh, Distinguished Gentleman's Club, Connections in You, Low Country Youth Services. Um, and I, you know, I'm just this guy who's a teacher who wants to get involved in mentorship. I tell him, Hey, I have an idea for a program. Um, I have an idea of how to, you know, work with the program that you currently have. And Kenya Dunn was the, uh, the chairwoman of our board. So Ricardo, you know, being Ricardo is like, Hey man, I love your ideas. Let's do it. And that is, so I, come, <laughs> <laughs> I always have to, I have to, I make Ken laugh when I tell him the story too, but I, so I have, I have my whole presentation. I bring it to the board. And I remember like that day. And I remember your energy. Like, I, I remember you being one of the people that were like, yeah, he, he, he's, he's a little, he's a little out there, but he could probably do this. You will never know the, the level of impact that your faith in my ability had on what I was able to do after. Like, oh, thank here you. we are four years later. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to think I've, I've done a pretty decent job with-, with You the have, sir. Yeah. Um, but you, like, it doesn't happen without Kenya Dunn. It doesn't happen without McKendrick Dunn. It doesn't happen out, without Ricardo Perry, of course. But, but you and, and, your, and your, your spirit, 
it, it always shines through and it shines through in everything that you do. Um, there's one more Kenya story I got to tell. I'm sorry, because yeah. it's my show. And Hell I'm, yeah, I'm with it. I'm uh, here. Uh, the year that the Black Panther movie came out. This is not something y'all want people to know about. Y'all didn't broadcast, y'all didn't tell anybody, but I want to personally, because mm-hmm. I haven't been able to do this um, in a public forum. Um, the year the Black Panther movie came out, uh, you gave me a call. You said, Rajan, um, what would it take for us to get a theater to, for our kids to see the movie? Now, for those who don't know, um, I run an organization called the Distinguished Gentlemen's Club, um, which is a, a flagship mentoring program for low country youth services. We work with young men from eight to 18. We guide them through the transitions of manhood. That year, I think we had about 70 boys in the program. We rented out, thanks to McKin- McKendrick and Miss Kenya Dunn, um, and their generosity, we were able to rent out an entire theater for all of our boys to go in there. In addition, we had so many tickets that, the, like, we had family members come. So we had moms and brothers and sisters and all of us. Not only did we get free tickets, they also bought food. So we made sure we had popcorn, we had drinks. Like, it was the best thing. And I mean, what's a movie experience without the popcorn, I'm right? Saying, but like, <laughs> like, so many people talk about doing things. So many people talk about, you know, if I make it here, I'll do this. Or if I, you know, and they don't, and they don't. And your heart shines through in every level. And that's just something I want people to understand who may not know that about you. you. You're, you're a genuine, kind-hearted, true person, and I love you for it. And I thank you so much for everything that thank you are. Thank you so much. And I do believe that I was having this conversation with, with our kids and I believe that we're blessed to be a blessing, right? Mm. I don't believe that I, for one, my upbringing, just so your viewers know, no, I wasn't. I remember I was in a folks group with um, a group of my uh, employees before, and they were like, they just rattled off who they thought I was. And they mm. were like, you know, you probably were, grew up in middle class, your mom and dad, and, you know, they just went on. And I said, actually, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the project, a single mother who um, was disabled. I know my father, but he chose to be absent. Um, and I went to a pretty rough high school. Um, so no, that's not my story. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so when I think about where I started and how, and how far I've gone and come, and what's more, I realized that this is not for nothing. This mm. was for one, God to get the glory, but two, so that he, his generosity can be shown through me. So mm-hmm. I believe that we're blessed to be a blessing. So any of, anytime that I can help someone else, anytime that I can inspire someone else, and I'm tough, listen, that's what other people don't know. Some people misread me. They either put me on one or two sides. If you've worked with me, you know that I'm tough. I have a bar. I don't lower my bar. I mm-hmm. will not. You will rise. Mm-hmm. Because I believe you have it in you, mm-hmm. and I will help you. Yeah. Um, but I do believe that I'm here to be a blessing. So as, as long as God blesses me, I will always find a way to bless others. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Uh, Kenya, like, I don't want to end it, but time and stuff. But anything that you want to say uh, in closing as, as we start to wrap up? Well, I, and we were talking about careers in corporate America. And I do want to acknowledge that I have accepted a role back in corporate America also. Um, I am the chief operating officer, so I'm the COO for LifeDagger. All right. Um, officially, yes. I'm very excited to work with those guys. It's a tech startup company, so mm-hmm. I'm in a, again, I'm in a completely new industry. When you talk about um, venture capitalists and hedge funds and all these type things, and deep into real tech, um, but I'm excited to bring my corporate career to help uh, build that organization and mm-hmm. really grow it. 
Uh, so my closing message is this. Uh, the, the moment that changed for me in my life is when I realized that everything that we call norm today, the way that we operate, the things that we do, you think about it, everything that we call norm today, even the use of the telephone, all began with one person's idea. There was nothing special about those people. It was just their idea. Mm. And so if they can come up with ideas that change the world, so can you. Mm. And that is what I choose to do every day as I get up and I remind myself that there's nothing special about them that I don't possess. I just have to put in the work and I got to get a plan and I just got to keep it moving. So thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to be in your presence as well. Now keep shining, brother. Keep Praise shining. God. Praise God. If they want to find you on social media, how can they find you? Find me, Kenya Dunn, on Facebook. I am Kenya Dunn 12. So Kenya Dunn 1-2 on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and I'm also Kenya Dunn on LinkedIn. So yeah, I would love to connect with you guys. I'm on Snapchat, but I don't use it. So I don't, don't really worry Snapchat about it. either. <laughs> I'm not good it's at really snatching. a parent thing it's really it's, a parent tool I, yeah i guess yeah like literally just what, what are my kids doing on here that's right i'm, that's I'm right. not i'm not getting much deeper in that. <laughs> thank you so much thank you thank you thank you thank you and i guess i need to close give me one second i got that one thank you thank you thank you all right thank you so much for watching this week and reminder that the show is now Every Wednesday, I'm not doing my Sunday night shows. Well, I may with this coronavirus thing going on, but I'm not supposed to be doing my Sunday night shows until I finish grad school. So every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. is my local celebrity spotlight. Next week's guest is going to be Miss Tanya Williams. Miss Tanya Williams, she's got some great things that she's doing in the community. Please tune in to find out what she's got going on. And if you would like to be a, on the local celebrity spotlight, please reach out to me on my website. That's www.realtalkwithrajan.com. That's www.realtalkwithrajan so we can discuss getting you on the show. This and all my shows, in addition to the Car Chronicle series, is now available for your, for your listening pleasure via Apple, Google, Spotify, and any place you can find podcasts. You can also find it on my website. You guessed it, www.realtalkwithrajan. If you'd like to be made aware of when I go live, because sometimes it is unscheduled, please be sure to click the follow tab on the page and turn on the turn on the notification so you'll know when something new has been posted to the page. In the meantime, please follow me on social media to stay up to date on what's happening with Real Talk with Rajan. All you have to do is go to any, any social media site and type in Real Talk Rajan. If I'm there, I will pop up. If I don't, I'm not, and I probably won't be. Feel free to leave comments, questions, and whatever else you'd like to say in the comment section or message section. I love reading your messages and getting your feedback, even if it's negative. Why? Because I want to be the greatest person I can possibly be, not be told how great I am. There's a difference. The only way that happens is if you are giving me your complete and honest opinion. So if you watch the show, you listen to the show, and you like it, say, hey, Rajan, I watched, I listened, I love it. Here's why. If you listen and you, you don't like it, say, hey, Rajan, I watched, I listened, I didn't like it, and here's why I think you can improve. I want to be my best, so help me. I am also currently accepting invitations for speaking engagements and event hosting opportunities. If you would like for me to host or speak at your event, you can request me through my website. You guessed it, www.realtalkwithrajan.com. In closing, always remember, God is everything and without him we are nothing, so never forget where your help comes from. And if a man doesn't stand for something, he's bound to fall for anything. Now that's real talk. Thank you, Kenya Dunn. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And y'all have a great night. Peace.